Law School Show. Helping you navigate the law school experience with resources and opportunities curated for your success. Catch it all here, right now, on the Student Life Series. Hi, I'm your host, Meredith Ball. Today's episode is all about student loans and professional student lines of credit. Today, our guest is Mary Rosei. She is a small business advisor from Scotiabank. She specializes in assisting business owners and professional students with reaching their financial goals. Today, Mary will be sharing her expertise on how students can finance their education. Mary, thank you so much for joining me here today. Hi, Meredith. Thank you very much for having me. Determining how to finance a law school education is such an important topic, and so many students rely on lines of credit due to the high cost of a legal education, uh, but they may not fully understand the process. So I would love if you could explain to our listeners um, what a professional student line of credit is. All right. Um, So the process for applying for a line of credit is actually very simple. The first thing that you need to know is that you need to talk to a small business advisor. So although it's um, a personal product, but small business advisors are actually the one that process it. Uh, What we would need from students just to start the process would be their acceptance letter from the university, and there would be a one-page form that they would fill out for us. So we will do the application, and within a few business days, we're able to let them know if they're actually approved. And uh, Yeah, yeah. And then at that point, um, when they're actually approved for the amount, we would need the proof of enrollment at that point to be able to fund the line of credit. And then later we can just send them the documents and then they would uh, sign everything for us. So for an incoming student, what would they use for their proof of enrollment? So at the beginning, we are, we are okay with their acceptance letter from university just to start the product. But later, um, so when we let them know that, hey, you're approved for this amount and uh, they're sure that they're approved and they can actually finance their education, they can go and do their enrollment and then um, give us their proof of enrollment so that we're able to fund it. Okay, that's great to know. And so this process, um, since we're in the midst of COVID and some students are uh, staying at home, they're not moving uh, closer to the university this year, I think a lot of students would like to know, like, is there a certain branch that they have to deal with? I know that you specialize with students going to the University of Ottawa and you are located in Ottawa, but how would somebody who maybe is in like Vancouver or Toronto, um, would they still contact you and be able to do that remotely? How would that work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in Ottawa, it's um, Ottawa main branch. It's our branch that is uh, mainly dealing with the students. So when they're in um, other provinces, they can easily um, uh, do everything via email. They can um, start the whole process, reach out to us, send us an email, and then we would let them know what documents we require. The whole thing can be done via email, or if they need more information, they can simply just call us. 
Okay, and then for signing the documents, all of that is now online, correct? They don't need that to come in? That is correct. Yeah, I honestly, I haven't met with uh, some of my clients um, due to COVID. So everything was done uh, through email. And yeah, they, they're more than welcome. The ones that are in Ottawa, they're more than welcome to come into the branch and meet with me. But if they're in other provinces or if they would rather not, and then they can easily uh, do everything by email. That's great to know. Yeah. Another question some of our listeners have is, will they be required to have a co-signer? Is that typical for a professional student line of credit? Oh, that, that's a very important question because I can say for a majority of our students, they won't need a co-signer. Uh, but there are some that would need a co-signer. So um, after we send in their documents to our education center, um, our underwriters are the ones that would make the decision and the decision is made, they, they would have a cutoff score. So if the client's um, uh, credit score is below that, then we would need a co-signer. Okay, so that's something some students should keep in mind if maybe they haven't built up their their credit score. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's correct. So it would be sometimes it would be for some of the newcomers to Canada because, because they don't have um, adequate credit history in Canada. Or sometimes it's the students that are from here and have lived here for years, but um, still their um, credit score is not above what we uh, need to get them approved without a co-signer. Okay. And so another thing to consider is some students, maybe they've taken out an OSAP loan before, uh, but now for law school, they find that like maybe that's not enough to cover everything and they're mm-hmm. interested in a line of credit. Uh, will uh, the fact that they have an OSAP loan, will that affect their application? Yeah, that is something that our students ask us a lot too. So as long as they're all their government, federal and provincial loans are below 60000 um, we we are able to give them the full amount for law school. So okay. as soon as that amount goes above sixty thousand, let's say seventy thousand, they already that's what they already owe. Then we would deduct that extra ten thousand from the amount that we would uh, get them approved for. Okay, so it would just um, reduce the amount they would qualify for, but it wouldn't prevent them from from applying and um, yes, getting yes, another amount. Yes, that is correct. Yes, that's how it works. That's great to know because I know law school is very expensive to finance and uh, it can be tricky for students to to understand all these details. So would you be able to explain um, what the difference between a professional student line of credit is from like a student loan or the government uh, loans like OSAP? Um, so the professional line of credit, uh, we would offer it only to professional students, which are mainly law students, uh, medical students, dentistry, pharmacy. Uh, so we have um, a category for ourselves, and uh, these would be professional students. So anything that is outside of this box would be an, just a student line of credit. The rates would be different, conditions would be different. So our professional students, obviously, they have a better rate, uh, interest rate, and um, it's their amortization, the ability to extend their amortization. 
it's a grace period that they would get. So that's very different from uh, a regular student line of credit. So I wouldn't get into details on that one because law students um, would get our professional line of credit. Um, if we want to compare that with what OSAP um, offers, so um, the differences would be in the interest rate, the amortization, and the grace period. So the interest rate that we are offering is prime. And um, Prime is at 2.45 as of today, August um, 22, 2020. Okay. And uh, what um, Ontario is um, offering students is, I believe, it's uh, Prime plus an adjustment factor of 1%. And um, the grace period that we're offering, a grace period is actually that period of time that they would get after graduation. Okay. Uh, where they wouldn't have to make any payments. So let's say they graduate today, they would get a grace period of two years. During that grace period, still they're considered for us students. It means they don't need to make payments still. After those two years of grace period, their line uh, converts into a loan and the six monthly payments uh, start. So our grace period is two years. Um, which is one of the big advantages that we have at the Scotiabank. I believe Ontario offers six months of um, grace period, and students might be able to extend that for another six months. So that's one of the big differences again. And uh, then their amortization for the amortization for us is 10 years, for what Ontario offers is nine years and a half. Um, can you explain to our uh, listeners, like what you mean by amortization? Uh, the amortization is the period of time where um, your payments and your loan would be extended. Let's say you owe 100000 on your line of credit. We give you 10 years to pay the whole amount back. So that 10 years would be the amortization. Okay. So you're saying that there. Sorry, can you repeat that again? So, um, yeah, the yeah. amortization period is 10 years, but there is a chance to extend that? Uh, there is a chance to extend that. So, we wouldn't, uh, at the beginning, you need to know that that 10 years is guaranteed. Okay. But after that 10 years, if you have financial difficulty or there are some circumstances um, where you think that you can't make the payment in 10 years, um, then you can ask us request, um, and we might be able to extend that up to 15 years. Okay, that's yeah. really good information to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So that was the difference between Ontario, on the other hand, you also for what Canada offers. I believe that's Prime or Prime Plus um, 2%. The one that is Prime Plus 2%, that is actually fixed prime it means they lock in the rates for their students and then they would um, know how much they get approved for after the application it looks like they would give the students nine thousand per year per academic year and it's subject to weekly maximum for us the total amount is 135,000 and um we and the students would have access to these uh, 135,000 in the first three years. So the way it works, the first year they would get 
1,700, second year another 41,700, and the third year it would be the rest of the amount, which is 51,600. Okay, so you're saying that uh, when you apply, you get uh, a certain amount, Correct. and then you're given chunks um, per year that you're in law school. So it's not a huge lump sum payment at the beginning. Yes, that is correct. At the beginning, you would know exactly how much you would get for the whole program, but you wouldn't have access to the whole amount right from the beginning. And so when a student applies and it gets approved, how long do they have to wait to receive those funds? Is it at the start of the school year or is it like within a few days? So as soon as the students provide us with the proof of enrollment, we are able to release the funds. So let's say you're a student, we get you approved um, for the 135000 today. You're able to send me your proof of enrollment tomorrow. I am able to release the funds tomorrow. Okay, that's really good for students to know heading into the school year that they're going to they're not going to have a long wait if they need that um, yes, funding. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Yes, yes. And so this funding, uh, like unlike OSAP, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's just going straight to um, your bank account that you can access and you can use that for any type of expenses throughout the year. So you would actually have your online banking and then you would see a professional line of credit and then um, because we're offering the whole package to the students and um, one of the products that we would give law students would be a day-to-day -day account, okay. which gives them um, unlimited transactions and they would get that day-to-day -day account, which is one of our premium accounts for as long as they're a student, they're doing their articling and until um, the end of their grace period. So it would be almost six years of using that day-to-day -day account for free without paying uh, any fees on that. So on their online account, they can have the student line of credit and then transfer the amount, whatever that they need. They don't need to take the whole amount out. Let's say they need 10000 They can transfer that 10000 into their day-to-day um, -day account and from there they can pay their tuition. Um, or transfer the money to someone else's account if someone else is trying to make the payments for them. Once they've had their line of credit and it's the year has passed and they're heading into their next school year, do they need to renew the line of credit? Is that a process that needs to happen? Yeah, that's actually a good question um, because every year we need students um, to send us their proof of enrollment. Um, they need to keep their status as a student. So for that, um, we would ask the students to email us their proof of enrollment for that year, for let's say second year, for third year. And when they do their articling, we would need the offer of articling. As soon as we receive the proof of enrollment for those years, we would re release the funds for that year as well. And that way they can have access to it. And is that something that the bank will follow up and give you a reminder that you need to send those documents? Uh, we do that uh, for all our students. We send them emails to remind them. Um, and I believe bank has started sending the students emails as well. So it's like two reminders, but we would still expect our students to know that 
hey, this is the year, this is the second year or third year, and uh, they need to send us their proof of enrollment. And then again, that proof of enrollment could be sent electronically, correct? That is correct. Our students email them to us, so we wouldn't need them to actually physically come into the branch and give that to us. There are so many details law students need to keep track of, and finances are a crucial part. If you're interested in financial products specified for your law school experience, contact your local Scotiabank branch for more information on the professional student line of credit and banking packages. The Law School Show is happy to receive sponsorship support from Scotiabank to continue providing students with resources curated for their success. Another point I think some students maybe don't understand completely is how do interest rates work with the line of credit? Um, are, is interest being added daily, weekly, monthly, and do they need to be paying that throughout um, uh, throughout the school year? Yeah, that is actually a good point because that's what actually makes a professional line of credit different from a regular student line of credit. So for professional line of credit, as I said, their rate um, is prime. And the end interest gets accrued on a daily basis. But they would see the changes on their monthly statement. So interest is accrued on a daily basis. But after 30 or 31 days um, in their statement, everything would be reflected at how much interest they owe. And while they're a student, while they're in the school um, doing their courses or articling or even during those two years of grace period, we don't expect the students to make payments, their interest payments. So that interest is being accrued and it's getting accumulated but they don't need to make the payments on interest unless they want to do that themselves. Okay, and so you're going to be seeing your daily interest as like a monthly sum on the statement, correct? That is correct. And so then is that, like, should students be mindful that that is also like coming out of their total amount of their line of credit? Yes, that is correct. So the amount would be added to what they have available as um, the limit. So you said students, if they want to, uh, they can start making interest payments throughout the school year. Is there any restrictions on how to start making repayments of the line of credit can if you're working throughout the year uh, are students able to just like pay it down um, throughout the year as they go or are there any restrictions on that um there are absolutely no restrictions and um yes some of our students work they can make payments it's not just interest they can even make the payments uh on the amount that they have uh withdrawn from their line of credit so they can make lump sum payments they can make like a fixed monthly payments if they want. So this is um, for both when it is a line of credit and if it later converts to a loan, it's the same thing. Even if it converts to a loan after the end of grace period and they have fixed monthly payment, let's say they get a raise or receive a gift from a family member, they can make a lump sum payment and that would bring down the balance on their line of credit or the loan that they have. 
Okay, so talking about repayment, how does the fixed sum work? Is that something that the bank sets or students can adjust that depending on their income? You mean the fixed payments um, when the line converts into a loan? Yes, when it converts into a yeah, loan. Yeah, um, that would be a fixed uh, amount based on the balance that they have because we have only 10 years for repayment of the amount. So you wouldn't be able to adjust that. So it would be a fixed amount. Yes, it's like, let's say, mortgage payments that you would have a specific number of years to pay what you've borrowed. Um, But as I said, in some circumstances or if their students are in difficulty, we are able to request the um, um, stretching that amortization period for them for up to 15 years. Okay, so if we're talking about the 10-year period, which is mm-hmm. the standard, correct? Yes. And yes. the student has used the full amount, the 135000 what would a typical payment look like? You would actually have to, if you want to have um, um, a rough idea of how much that would be, you can divide the 135000 um into... 10 years to get your annual amount and then divide that amount into 12 months to get your monthly amount. But you just need to be mindful that at the end of every year, Scotiabank goes in and takes a look at your balance and, you, you know, prime changes. So at the end of every year, we change, we might change the amount. It might be lower or it might be a little higher um, comparing, let's say, second year to the first year or third year to the second year. Um, so that is something um, that the Scotiabank and other banks would do at the end of every year. It's adjusting the payments for the next year. And um, another thing would be if you have made a lump sum payment, again, that would affect your payments for the next year. And again, it would um, lower the amount. Okay. So for students who are listening to this and they're considering uh, getting a student line of credit, what are some things you would recommend they consider before applying? What are some things they should be thinking about? There's no restriction in uh, using the amount. And I know that our students don't just use this amount for for their tuition. Sometimes they use it for their rent, for their grocery and the other expenses um, that they have. Um, the whole process is very easy, but what we would want our students to know that just stick with that 10 years of um, amortization period. And yes, there might be a chance that we could extend that. But after that, they need to have a plan for their debt management so that um, they're able to make monthly payments. If, let's say, you're using the full balance, you're using the full um, limit that you have, that 135000 after those two years of grace period, you might have a monthly payment of, let's say, roughly about $1,000. So um, that is something that um, you want to have in mind and plan for it in advance. If, let's say, you have other plans of purchasing a property or a new vehicle or moving, um, I believe having a solid plan for that would help in advance. 
I think that's a really good point. When you're in law school, you often are so busy just focusing on surviving and getting through your studies. You're not thinking ahead to having to repay this money afterwards. So having a good uh, debt management strategy for when you finish, I think will be very helpful for students. And is that something that they could like talk to an advisor like you about? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so one of the things that we do on both a small business side and personal side is helping clients with their financial planning. That financial planning could be for, let's say, the next five years, 10 years, or uh, until the end of their retirement. So if the, and they want to do a full financial planning, they can either talk to us or we could even uh, refer them to one of our financial planners to have everything uh, planned for them for the period of time that they have in mind. It wouldn't be just um, the loan or line payment. It would be everything else if they want to, let's say, start their own business because lots of our students at some point start their own uh, practice. And that's what, that is where, again, they come back to us and we help them with that. So it would be that, starting your own practice, it would be starting a family or moving to a new place. So any changes at um, different stages of their life would be considered in um, a good and solid financial planning. Thank you so much for that information. I think that's really helpful and uh, key for students who, like you mentioned, might be planning on starting their own business after they finish law school and not taking a traditional path with joining a bigger law firm. And it's great that you provide those services. Uh, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about this process? Um, I believe we talked about the line of credit and features, everything. I just wanted to add the whole package for our students. So we talked about the professional line of credit. I mentioned that they would get the day-to-day um, -day account for free as long as they're students, they're doing their articling and for those two years of grace period. Besides these, our students get um, 10,000 in pre-approved credit cards. Uh, most of our students split these um, this 10,000 um, into two credit cards that we are offering them. These are two of our premium credit cards it's our Passport Infinite Visa and our Gold American Express. Um, they normally typically have um, annual fees, but for our law students, they would be free as long as they're a student. They're doing their articling until 12 months after their graduation or end date of their articling. So that is something else that we would offer. And... We would give them an overdraft for 1000 again, again, without monthly fee on their day-to-day -day account. So it's the whole package, and we're able to offer them the whole package right at the beginning as soon as we get them approved for the line of credit. Okay, so when students um, go in to speak with you or another advisor, that's something that would be included in the application would be all those additional products. Exactly, that is correct. And uh, so this is one thing. And I wanted to add another thing. We want our students to know that while there are lots of branches in different cities that might be able to help them. So there is first they need to talk to a small business advisor. And then the second thing, um, no matter where they are, 
it's always a better idea to talk to those branches that are closer to the university because those branches are the ones that actually deal with a lot of professional students. They have um, full information, better information. They get, we get updates on a daily basis. Um, in order to prevent any kind of misinformation or different pieces of information, it would be better to reach out to those, um, let's say, main branches that um, deal with a lot of professional students. And so for students who perhaps are listening to this um, who are not going to the University of Ottawa, maybe they're uh, going to UBC or um, University of Toronto or something else, um, can they find that branch information for the specific ones online? Yes, um, they can. As soon as they um, Google the information, Scotia Professional Line of Credits, Advisor, um, they would get a list of uh, the advisors. And um, in every city, we have mainly one branch that deals with professional students. So for us in Ottawa, it's main branch, and I know in every city we have one branch. So you would see um, the name of at least, it, it depends how, how big the branch right. is. Sometimes there would be one small business advisor, sometimes more than one advisor. But yes, they would definitely have access to that information online. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much, Mary. This has been very helpful. You've covered a lot of different aspects of this process, and I really appreciate that. Thank you very much for the time and the opportunity. You've just been listening to The Law School Show, Student Life Series. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our website, thelawschoolshow.com. If you like what you've heard, give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram for the latest updates, curated resources, and opportunities to help you navigate the law school experience in every episode. Catch it all here next time on the Student Life Series.